The critters at Scoville Zoo had themselves a snow day. And so did everyone else. More on these stories, I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short, where we recap Central Illinois news from Lee Enterprises journalists. How's everyone enjoying the snow? I know I'm super excited to see some snow, even if it is a bit of a pain to get out on the roads. Most of central Illinois was covered in snow this week as winter storm landed swept across multiple counties, spitting out anywhere between 8 to 12 inches of snow. Here in Bloomington, normal snowfall totals were measured at around 11 inches, so nearly a foot of snow. Down in Decatur, residents saw a good amount of snow with around 7 inches, and there was about 4 inches in Mattoon. That may seem like a lot in some of those areas, but just remember that we were forecasted to get around 17 inches of snow, which is crazy. So I think we made it out pretty okay. I had a great time shoveling out my car yesterday too. Um, I say sarcastically. Anyways, we had all kinds of coverage across our three websites. So if you want to read more about just how huge this weather event was, visit herald-review.com, jg-tc.com, or panagraph.com. There we have plenty of content, including articles, videos, photos, and even some TikTok talks by yours truly also reporters were out on twitter sharing photos from their backyard it was a lot of fun and honestly i've always loved weather coverage even from when i lived in north carolina and it was hurricane season actually hurricane season was like the best so i i really enjoy snow coverage well as you know sierra i have not yet dug out my car and you know i'll get to it sometime but yeah i love weather stories too and especially when everyone is able to be safe and this one from herald and review is so fun so while most humans were staying out of the elements or battling them the furry friends at scoville zoo in decatur had their own snow day valerie wells caught up with the zookeepers taking care of the animals making sure they were fed and had clean shelters and clean unfrozen water through the storm of course, the zoo residents that can't handle winter weather are brought inside for the season, and all the animals have shelter, but some, like the camels, goats, pigs, and cows, have thicker coats and they can stay outdoors if they want to. Scoville Assistant Director Dave Webster said the wolves hardly ever use their shelters, though, and can frequently be seen napping in the snow. I love all of the pictures that Clay Jackson took for the story, especially the snowy camels. They're so cute. So definitely check those out and read how Valerie spent her snow day over at herald-review.com. Alrighty, let's move into some state and local government news. Governor J.B. Pritzker unveiled his proposed 2023 budget this week, which includes a nearly $1 billion one-time tax relief measure. State House reporter Britton Moore said that the proposal includes actions to counteract the impact of rising inflation, such as a one-year freeze on the scheduled cost-of-living increase in the state's gas tax. Pritzker said that the measure will save motorists $135 million next fiscal year, which begins July 1st. Other measures include a one-year holiday from the 1% state sales tax on groceries and a one-time property tax rebate program for homeowners of up to $300. Britton has a full rundown on the budget proposal and more, so find all of his coverage plus information on Wednesday's State House address at any of our three websites, panagraph.com, jj-tc.com, and herald-review.com. The Mattoon City Council has authorized a $25,000 grant for North American Lighting's planned warehouse, which the company hopes will increase its production and create new jobs. The new operation will be located in the former Just Right warehouse. The City Council also approved hiring Whitney Carnes for a new grant writer position, which will help the community seek out additional sources of revenue for varying projects. 
Her annual salary is $45,000 a year. For full city council coverage, find Mattoos Jennings' full report at jg-tc.com. Two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, state and local governments are still dealing with the lingering effects of revenue loss in the first year of the pandemic. Nationwide, state and local governments reported $117 billion in revenue losses, according to new Treasury data. At the Panagraph, we looked into how Illinois, McLean County, Bloomington, and Normal are faring at the stage of the pandemic. Thanks to external economic development influences and federal funding from the American Rescue Plan Act, Municipality and county finances are bouncing back, seeing revenues grow in industries like hospitality that were decimated during the stay-at-home order and other COVID mitigations. For a full look at what local finance leaders had to say, find our report that the two of us, as well as Kate Heather and Brendan Moore, wrote at Panagraph.com. The National Fitness Campaign, which was poised to help the town of Normal install an outdoor fitness court, rescinded its $25,000 grant this week, citing a lack of consensus among town officials. The grant and participation in the project was approved by council on January 4th, but on January 18th of the next meeting, a few council members raised concerns about the campaign because town council had indicated NFC was a nonprofit organization, though during discussion of the resolution, city manager did say that she couldn't confirm that. According to the campaign website, it is a social enterprise and consulting firm, giving no indication it's a nonprofit. In a letter to the town, NFC founder and CEO said that because of this lack of unified support, fundraising for the remainder of the cost of the project might be difficult. For more background on this issue and to read about how the town will proceed, check out my report at panagraph.com. Alrighty, now let's move into some business news. Historic business news, kind of. Uh, Sierra, take it away. A former Fairview Tuberculosis Sanatorium and Normal was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 2021. The 103-year-old treatment and housing facility was a critical piece in McLean County's healthcare system between 1919 and World War II due to how deadly tuberculosis was at the time. Prior to World War II, there was no widely accepted cure for the disease. A Springfield-based company has plans to restore the building and turn it into affordable senior housing. The company, Laborers Home Development Corps, has done some similar projects, notably flipping an 100-year-old high school in Paris. To learn more, find my reporting at panagraph.com. All right, Kelsey's going to take us into health. Redditus Laboratories reported this week, sequencing data shows Omicron has become the predominant COVID-19 variant in the state of Illinois. The Pekin-based lab operates testing sites throughout the state, and CEO Dr. Aaron Rossi said in the latest sequencing performed on 90 virus specimens collected January 11th and 12th, 88 were, were identified as the Omicron variant and two were identified as the Delta variant. Similar results came from sequencing on specimens from December 14th to the 18th. And in comparison, Rossi said from December 1st to 4th, all 188 randomly selected specimens that were sequenced were identified as the Delta variant. Redditus continues its testing and sequencing efforts, which are reported to state, national, and international health organizations. So to, d- to dive further on the COVID-19 sequencing, be sure to find my story across our three sites, pandagraph.com, jg-tc.com, and herald-review.com. The McLean County Health Committee unanimously passed this week an emergency ordinance to add a contract with Peoria-based Advanced Correctional Healthcare to provide temporary nursing staff at the county jail amid a shortage of nurses. The county has budgeted $100,000 for the contract. 
Nursing shortages have been hitting multiple states due to concerns for COVID-19 and wages. Eight or nine nurses are budgeted for the jail in the current year, and they are staffed 24 hours per day. But an exact number of nurses on staff at the jail was not available at the time of the Panagraph's report. To learn more, find Kate Heather's full story at Panagraph.com. Kelsey, what's going on in Decatur schools? Well, Sierra, the Decatur Public Schools Board is expected to name its next superintendent at Tuesday's meeting, but the community won't know the name of the candidate until the meeting. The candidate, who is employed by Decatur Public Schools already in a different role, was interviewed by the board during a closed executive session meeting, and Board President Dan Oaks said an online meet-and-greet forum is tentatively planned for after the new superintendent is announced to allow the community to ask them some questions. Two candidates who had been previously at identified publicly and participated in online forums are no longer being considered for the position, Herald Interview reporter Valerie Wells wrote this week. To read about why they're out of the running and how this internal candidate was selected, find her report at herald-review.com. And be sure to check back on Tuesday for the big unveiling after the meeting. Illinois public universities are already seeing a boost in application numbers just a few months after the state rolled out the common application for all state schools. The common application system allows students to apply to multiple colleges with a single application, and it includes more than 900 schools, mostly in the U.S. An analysis by education reporter Connor Wood found that the use of the common app at Illinois State University and Eastern Illinois University is up by more than 52% from the last year. Connor wrote a highly detailed report on the common app and how it can help Illinois public universities. So to find out more, visit Panagraph.com to get the full scoop. We're very light on sports related news. So Kelsey's going to kick us off with a little bit of sports memorabilia. Memorial. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to tell us about sports cards. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Sports cards and memorabilia. I can't say collectors. You can't say memorabilia. Great. Sports card and memorabilia collectors flocked to Mattoon last week for the Mattoon Sports Card Show at the Cross Country Mall. Collectors were able to buy, sell, and talk with other enthusiasts about about the cards. The show ran from Friday to Sunday and attracted collectors across the Midwest. It was organized by well-known seller Rich Koshkowski. I'm sorry, Rich. I pronounced your name wrong, but I hear you go by Crazy Rich, so I'm going to go with that, who started the show around 2012. This is just a fun little story about collectors and sports memorabilia so I wanted to include it on today's podcast. Uh, Matus Janique spoke with several of the collectors, and they all said it's just a really fun hobby for them. To read more about Crazy Rich and his collectors, find Matus's story at jg-tc.com or, or herald-review.com. Okay, if you didn't know, the Beijing Winter Olympics started today, and I just wanted to give you guys a quick rundown on how to, like, watch the games. Uh, the Winter Games officially kicked off with its opening ceremony this morning uh, for most of the United States due to a 13-hour time difference, most Americans were probably watching the ceremony over their favorite cup of coffee, bright and early at 8 a.m. in most places. Uh, For us, in the Midwest, it was 8 a.m. It was 7 a.m. for the East Coast. No. It was 7 a.m. for the East Coast, so it would have been 6 a.m. for us and 5 a.m. for the West Coast. I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyways, you can check out the Winter Olympics on some several streaming services such as NBC USA, CNBC, NBCOlympics.com, and the streaming app Peacock. We also have a feature story in Saturday's paper about the Olympics. Check that out. Uh, the Panagraphs paper. 
yeah it wasn't published before this podcast was recorded so otherwise i would have read off that story <laughs> so um check it out we're very excited about the olympics i actually really like ice figure sk- skating last uh last time the olympics were on um me and my college friends gathered around the tv and watched it so it was great Okay, uh, Kelsey's going to take us into public safety. Decatur fire inspectors are investigating a house fire that broke out early Thursday morning at 237 West Division Street. Crews were called in to battle the flames around 1.30 a.m. amid freezing temperatures and heavy, heavy snow. None of the house's four adult occupants were home at the time of the fire, Donette Beckett reported this week. The full story is available at heraldhighfromview.com, so check in there to find out more. Macon County Circuit Court Judge Rodney Forbes determined that Carson Haggard, who is facing three charges of attempted murder, is mentally unfit to stand trial. Haggard, 40, of Forsyth, is accused of trying to beat and kick to death three women at a Forsyth group home, where he was residing on January 26. The victims were left with critical life-threatening injuries and remain hospitalized. Haggard was supposed to be in appearance for a Tuesday hearing, but Macon County jail staff reported that he refused to leave his jail cell. Forbes called for Haggard to be committed to the State Department of Human Services for mental health treatment. A hearing is scheduled for March 2nd to review Haggard's progress. To find more, read Tony Reed's story at heraldhyphenreview.com. Okay, Girl Scout time! (laughs) I mean, community news time! Kelsey! (laughs) Okay, Coles County Girl Scouts are gearing up for their annual cookie sale, which kicked off online the first week of January. Cookies are expected to arrive for delivery uh, today, Friday, February 4th, depending on weather conditions, with booths open on select dates at various locations, so be sure to check out uh, First Presbyterian Church in Mattoon, the former Jerry's Pizza in Charleston, Rulkin in Mattoon for additional details. Rural King. <laughs> Wait, is it Rural King? Rural, rural King. <laughs> yeah, rural, rural Like Farm King, king but rural? Rural King. Rural King. You, but Rural King. <laughs> rural King. Okay, so be sure to check in with the First Presbyterian Church in Mattoon, the former Jerry's Pizza in Charleston, and Rural King in Mattoon for additional details. Cookie sales will end March 20th, so be sure to check in with us at herald-review.com and jg-tc.com for more Girl Scout cookie information and where to find your nearest scout. Also be sure to find Donna Beckett's full story on upcoming Girl Scout cookie sales also on those three sites. Um, I did want to say that they're also going on in Bloomington Normal. We just didn't have a story on it this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, speaking of cookies, Girl Scout cookies, you're already ready to take the mic. Uh, what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Sierra, go. It should be obvious because it's everyone's favorite Girl Scout cookie, or at least it should be. It is Thin Mints. Thin Mints. It's the only correct answer. Yes. Thin Mints are only the only correct answer. Oh, you know what? I'm so devastated because I'm not going to be able to eat any because of they're not gluten-free. So that is, I, you know what? I might just buy a box just to eat, you know, as a guilty pleasure, even though I'm not supposed to, and it will upset my stomach. Girl Scout cookie. Thin Mints, um, basically the only one i've tried <laughs> i have tried a couple others that, that was a lie um but they're the only ones i really eat some people love them in the freezer which i understand but also i don't want my teeth to break so 
you know, choices. Um, I feel like tagalongs are a lot of people's favorites, even though they have different names depending on where you are. And I don't really get that. Also, the one with the co- the coconut samosas. Everyone loves samosas, and I don't love coconut, so I don't love samosas. Um, I also I really like samosas, but I like uh, I like coconut. So that's pretty on brand for me. I used to be a Girl Scout. Oh my god. Yeah, I was I was a Girl Scout. Um, <laughs> I was a Girl Scout from like maybe third or fourth. Yeah, third grade. Maybe second grade. But I started out as a brownie. So whichever one is like, because daisies are first. No, daisies aren't first, but daisies, brownie. I started out as a brownie scout. And then I went all the way through like the end of middle school. So I was like a Girl Scout up until high school, and um, we mostly, I mostly got out of it because our troop disbanded, so otherwise I probably would have still been in it. I really enjoyed being a Girl Scout, um, so I support Girl Scouts quite a bit, which is why I always try and buy uh, Girl Scout cookies. I really, was really bad at sales though. Um, the only way that I've made my sales was my mom, like, would take the list and then she would pass it around and that's how I sold cookies. I never actually did, like, the out, out, like, standing out. But, like, I have, like, a, like, I have a lot of badges. Like, I did a lot of, like, actual, like, you know, community volunteering stuff and, like, badge work, you know, learning and stuff. I'm very important to my youth. I cannot emphasize enough how much I cannot relate to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was not my thing. Didn't I didn't Girl Scout. I didn't Brownie. Um, I ate plenty of Thin Mints, thin mints but I did not uh, do any of that. Though, I can relate to mom taking the thing to sell to work. Because I did, like, several sports as a kid. And we always had to sell candy bars. And my mom, mom would just take it to work and be like, Hi, guys, we have to eat these buy them please and um when i got older we sold pies and then we sold pizzas um for like basketball I, my school is very weird i don't know why we chose those like specifically we sold candy bars for summer softball and then i sold we sold pies in i believe junior high basketball to pay for like our warm-ups and stuff and and then we sold which is pizza in high school, I think also to pay for our warm-ups. And I will say I sold the heck out of those pies and pizzas because my coaches were like, whoever sells the most gets a prize. And they're, they were liars. I didn't get anything. I didn't even get a pie or a pizza. They were they straight up lied to my face. Oh, and we also sold cookie dough. Not cookies, but cookie dough for high school softball. Um, I didn't try as hard on that one. So that's going to do it for us today, folks. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. While you're at it, head on over to pantograph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look up subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.